Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Don Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who've tackled difficult life crises head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Cannot wait for you to hear from my guest today. She is an author of 52, yes, you heard me right, 52 books, including the bestseller, Men Are Like Waffles and Women Are Like Spaghetti, <laughs> Discovering Hope in the Psalms, Bible Studies, but she's an international speaker and a relationship guru. She's an expert, yes, we're going to hear from her, the co-director of Love Wise. She's been married for 42 years mom to three sons and three daughters in love with five grandchildren, and you'll be surprised when you see her. She lives on a live-aboard boat in Southern California. I cannot wait for you all to meet and hear our guest today, Pam Farrell. Hey, Pam. Hi. So great to see everybody. Well, you can see me, but I can see you in my heart. <laughs> That's right. We can see you and we can hear you. It looks like you're sitting in a beautiful wooded area. Are you in <laughs> California even as we speak? I am in California even as we speak. And this right here is how God gives you hope in that uh, I live right now in a 300 square foot RV in my in-laws backyard because they're 91 and they need help 24 seven has a COVID. Uh, and oh. so we have two choices. We have inside where it's only 300 square foot. Yes. Don't be jealous. I live in your kitchen. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of times people say, Oh, Pam, Bill, you know, um, how do you manage the stress, uh, um, with COVID and our friends, um, the LaFoons, they have a marriage ministry, celebrate your marriage. And they're like, well, you just go to a different part of the house. Well, we don't have a different part of the house. We have inside and we have outside. So this is my outside where I like to do my Zooms because it is pretty, right? But yeah, it never is. on my goal sheet. I want to grow up and live in my in-law's backyard in an RV. <laughs> but you do what your family needs you to do, especially right now. Well, that's so true, you know, and I, you know, thank you for your goodness and respecting your in-laws. God's going to bless that. I just was teaching on respecting our parents, so it's fresh in my mind. But you know what? God will reward that. But yeah, how do you maximize your marriage when you have inside and outside? I bet you guys are going through a little bit of a challenge, but I do want to hear, talk to us about your marriage ministry. I want to hear about this. You guys work at making this thing happen. We do. We do. And you know, it, some of it goes all the way back to when we first fell in love and our personal stories in that, you know, we both come from crazy chaos. Like once all of our parents are in heaven, we'll probably write the crazy train book, uh, the crazy train and how to get off of it, uh, the crazy train and here's your ticket to hope again. Uh, because 
like I'm the firstborn daughter, alcoholic dad, severe rage issues. Always thought our family would make the headlines, but not for a good reason. More like, man, shoots family, then shoots himself. A lot of domestic violence in the home uh, that I grew up in. Um, and Bill's side of the equation is, um, so this was not an easy ask, just saying, uh, coming to caregive. Bill's side of the equation is his mom is agoraphobic and a hoarder. And when she's upset, she kind of just like meltdown screams at everybody and throws things. Um, so Bill's dad is stable, um, but he's super frail. What, what, so one's frail of mind, one's frail of body. Mm. And uh, but he's a rocket science engineer. So he gave us all really good DNA. All my boys can do math because my father-in-law, and I'll be forever grateful for that. That's awesome. Uh, but yes. I mean, we ha have to go back to the verse that we chose um, when we first fell in love and then um, God wove our lives together. That is, we love because God first loved us. Yeah. First John 419. We could not do any of our love. We have everything inside of us to totally bust up our marriage from year one. I mean, so much baggage, more baggage than a 747. And so God has patiently unloaded the baggage, put new skills in our life as we, you know, spent time with him every day in the word. And then Bill and I just had these uh, romantic rituals, much like that prayer walk or every time we say grace, we kiss each other. And we've done that ever since we first got engaged because we didn't kiss until we got engaged. And so we say we're making up for lost time, That's but right. we kiss at, at, and it's so much a part of the fabric of our family. Like uh, our grandson, this was when he was four. He's a, little, he's a year older than that now, but when he was four, um, we were having a big family dinner and um, we prayed and Bill kissed me, but he must've been distracted because he's like, stop, wait, everybody, Papa kiss Nana. And so he like, he couldn't eat a sandwich until we kissed. Yeah, that's awesome. And those are good things. Those rituals that you're talking about, those are so important. And even though they might be little things like what you're just saying, first of all, look at how it's impacting that generation that's watching right. going, that's what it's supposed to look like. But secondly, just that connecting and you can't be angry and kissing at the same time. That's you know, right. it, it that keeps, is so true. Right. So so is that some advice that you would give to others? Because I know so many people are struggling right now. I go back to that because, you know, as a pastor, I do a lot of marital counseling and talking to people and things. And there's a lot of hurting people right now in their marriages. What advice do you have? Uh, well, one of the things I'll just share, since we're kind of on the hope and joy topic, I'll share a little bit about joy. Yeah. And um, this this little bit comes from um, Discovering Joy in Philippians. It's like a Bible study that I co-authored with a wonderful artist, Carla, and an amazing Bible teacher, Jean. And um, so there's two things that I encourage people to do. And one is be reflective. And yeah. that is cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Yes. And as we're recording this, we're kind of going into Thanksgiving season. And um, I don't know if you can see this, but it's like a little sunshine, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And each day you write down what you're grateful for. And I keep a copy in my bullet journal. And I, start, and I started a new one of all the things I was thankful for during COVID. And it's full. I have to start another one. So <laughs> it can't, like literally you can be thankful for something during COVID. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you just have to look for it, right? Right. 
And like one of the things that I'm thankful for is I've come up with creative ways to spend time with my far-flung kids and grandkids. I mean, we live, we don't live near them. And so, and because of our caregiving, we can't just like hop on a plane and go see them even in the midst of COVID. Um, So we've come up with creative Zooms. You know, once a month we have a birthday Zoom and like for my birthday, we line danced uh, and had country barbecue. Everybody brought their, like I said, gift cards ahead of time. And you know, it was a princess party last month because I was like all the little girls. And so we, everybody had a crown, you know, so you just, and we played like princess Pictionary. So you come up with what you got to do to keep those connections going. And I'm not sure if I would have thought that creatively apart from COVID. And so, you know, just Mm -hmm. being reflective, what's God doing? Let's keep track of it. And with that attitude of gratitude, Philippians says we should do everything without grumbling and complaining Mm -hmm. and um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And that word rejoice or joy in the New Testament is paras. And it is um, in, in the New Testament 70 times. So obviously God thinks it's important to cultivate our joy. And the second simple thing is to be proactive um, with your joy. And this comes from, this activity um, definitely comes from uh, Philippians because of that same word joy, which can mean thrive or it can mean well-being or it's like a greeting, a goodbye like wouldn't the world be a better place if we just said choose and joy or joy be with you i mean it might be a nice <laughs> place right yes um, and but it also my favorite meaning of joy uh and it's my word of the year this year is calm delight and the reason why it's my favorite is it gives you something to do when you're all stressed out mm-hmm. and so let's say my mother-in-law is like really upset um, and so I might just push pause and think, okay, what would bring calm to her right now? What would bring calm to me right now? What would bring calm to this situation? What would bring delight to her right now? Uh, what would bring delight to me? What might be a delightful distraction that we can do? Oh, it's a delightful word, uh, a word from God, you know, a verse, mm-hmm. what's a delightful mm-hmm. song, uh, what's a calming song. So it gives you something to do when you're stressed. And my friend Deb, um, she was one of the first California fire captains. And we're always on fire here in California. You have Uh, been. My goal is to have a marriage that's more red hot than the fires that go through the Yeah. Um, Yeah, but she she works a lot with PTSD. Now that she's retired, she works a lot with people who have PTSD. And right now, pretty much all of us have PTSD. All right? Right own it. It's stressful out there. 90% mm-hmm. of us say that COVID has negatively impacted our stress level. And I want to be mm-hmm. like, who are the 10%? Want to meet the 10%? <laughs> but one of the things that they do when someone struggles with PTSD, it, everything kind of just goes gray, um, kind of black and white. There's no vibrancy. There's no color. Mm-hmm. And um, so they have them write down 30 things that they know have given them joy in the past. And small things like standing with your feet in the sand or, you know, the smell of rain um, or a good cup of coffee with just the right amount of cream, you know, that kind of thing, simple things. And then you put them on your calendar and you do one a day for 30 days and kind of re-kickstart. And so when I was writing Discovering Joy in Philippians, one of the things that um, 
Carla does these beautiful drawings and then you color, um, see if I can show one. And then you color them, right? And what I learned is nice. um, there's a study that says that if you color, um, you can't think of your problems at the same time as you're coloring. It's because they come from two different sides of the brain. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, and so you can color away, or at least kick the can down the road and take a temporary break from your stress uh, if you color. And so I thought, well, let's make like this joy blossom that people can write those 30 ideas down and then color this and then put it up on your mirror or on your refrigerator and remind yourself every day, take a moment to cultivate my joy. And you know, it works because I've been doing it the whole time during COVID and the whole time caregiving. So I'm just saying it, simple things add up in a big way over time. Absolutely. I love that you're taking control of your life and in ways that are saying I'm resetting my attitude and my mind and art is so therapeutic, but none of this is just going to happen. It's not like you're going to wake up and feel good. People wait for motivation or enthusiasm or good mood to come. Real, the reality is, is that it, it, it's some often a byproduct of what you do. So when you're coloring, when you're reading scriptures, when you're writing down or telling yourself, bless the Lord, I tell myself, like David said in Psalm 103, when you're... When, you possess your soul, you, you choose the kind of life that you want, you go after it, then the motivation, enthusiasm, those things follow, joy follows, right? So, so good. Like you're talking about healthy habits and we have, sounds like similar. The first thing on my, before my eyes even open, I say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And I get up, I use the facilities, uh, and then I say, <laughs> Alexa, turn on praise music. So, I mean, before I do anything else, and then I'll sit down and have my quiet time with my good coffee or my great cup of uh, green tea, which is my daughter, my doctor says is better for me. Um, yeah. Yes. So, we cultivate these habits of joy um, in our lives, and they add up in a big way. And, you know, I, when I first started um, Bible art, uh, was a several years ago before we moved and downsized and all. And I remember thinking, isn't that kind of like a waste of time? I mean, like, I'm so busy. I'm at that point, I was traveling 230 days a year, 240 days a year, like always on the road. Yeah. I don't have time yeah. to color. Like, seriously, color. <laughs> What's this coloring book thing? Um, and then I started doing some studies on like the results in your life. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to try some Bible art. I'll buy a Bible art Bible, you know, with some wide margins. And then I'll just start drawing. I call it more like Bible art doodling because I'm not an artist or anything. Um, but what happens is it, as I, I do an inductive study first, and like, what do those words mean? Um, what, who's writing to who, you know, so I'm getting the context going and then I decide, okay, how can I depict that? Um, and let me just give you a quick little example on and my favorite, this is my favorite page in my Bible art Bible. You guys see, it's got some waves, it's got some sunshine, got some mountains. Um, it's awesome. And with that little kind of sixties vibe going on. 
on. But uh, so the verse, the verse says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And so when you dig in there, deep calls to deep, that's a picture of all the water and all the earth, under the earth, over the earth, the whole water cycle. And so what God is basically saying is, you know, all that water, it could be coming at you like a tsunami, but my hand is stopping it. Girl, it could be worse. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's encouraging that, you know, I have a God who could stop the waves. Yes, stop the storms we see in Jesus' life. And then at the roar of your waterfalls, this is written in Engedi, uh, where David fled for his life. Like he's hiding out in the cave. But En Gedi is this beautiful series of waterfalls. If you've ever been to Israel, you must go to En Gedi. And so it's this beautiful series of waterfalls. And um, if you are, let's say, under Niagara Falls, if you're straight under the waterfall, it's like, I, I, I can't get a breath. I can't get a breath. I'm drowning. Right. Like, have we ever felt that way? Yes. Yes. Almost right now. Um, but if you move a little bit, then it's more like that Roman waterfall when you go to a spa and it hits you on your back. It's like, oh, massage, yay, yay. People pay big bucks for that. And if you move a little bit more, um, then it's like that mist that keeps everything cool. Like if you go to Arizona and it's 120, you love that mist, right? Right. Um, and in Getty is known as a place of therapy. So when people need to get well, they go lay, like, I, they go lay on this ledge and mm -hmm. let the mist just minister to them. They sleep there. And so, um, so you wonder, okay, so what is, how do you move? Like, how do you get from like, I'm drowning to like, oh, this feels so good. Uh, well, I love when God answers himself <laughs> with his own word. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer on my heart. So during the day, we focus on God's steadfast love. So whatever you need to do, like listen to Dawn. She has great wisdom. Play those podcasts. Um, put up posters of verses where you put your makeup on. But focus on God's steadfast love. And at yes. night, a lot of times people are like, how do you wake up with so much joy in the morning? Well, it's what you do at night. Like I go to sleep with the Bible playing, you know, or some praise music playing. Or now you can get the app, pray.com. And so it ministers to you and it moves you from a place of I'm drowning here to praise God. Okay, you're sending some words. You're sending some answers. Praise God. Oh, I'm seeing the other side. I see the work you're doing in my life. I see the relationship you're building with me. And so praise moves our hearts. Mm -hmm. Amen. It does. And it causes our focus, right? Because whatever we focus on, we bring more of it to ourselves. And so if we focus on God, and I magnify him, and he becomes not that God becomes bigger or less, but in my focus, all of a sudden, God now is filling up my senses, and I'm seeing him. If I focus on my problems, those become very large. If I feel overwhelmed and I focus on what I can't do versus on God's scripture who says I can do all things, you know, so my focus determines oftentimes my mood and then my, my behavior and my results. So exactly. exactly. And if you like keep a prayer journal going, that attitude of gratitude, you write down those verses or you draw them out. Like my heart has changed because of that verse 
Um, and God was, he pulled me through some of the hardest years of my life, you know, selling everything, downsizing, moving up here to caregive 91 year old parents, then, you know, having to move away from that beautiful boat he provided and then having to, you know, quarantine here. I don't know if I could have done it had not God woven. Here's a simple thing, Pam. I just want you to praise me all day long, all day long. And I'm going to send you verses. If you look at me, if you look at my word, I'm going to send you verses. I'm going to send you verses like, God sweeps across the heavens to rescue you. Yeah. So you just have a word, you look for it, and then you can post them all up. I am the God of miracles who moves among his people. Well, the whole world needs a miracle right now. So if you look for it, he will send it. He is so faithful to do that. And even sometimes, you know, when the Bible says, even sometimes when we're faithless, he remains faithful. So, you know, I just want whoever's listening today, you know, if you're taking those right steps, you're, you know what we're talking about, you know, it, it works and it's true. But also for someone where maybe you're just at a place where all you can do is say the name of Jesus. I want you to know he rescues you too. God is faithful, even when we can't do it. But God's goal is for all of us to have a sustainability in our lives and you know it's like anything else if I eat the right food my body operates the way God created if I exercise it it, it, if I do my brain if I meditate and scripture and I speak aloud the affirmations you know our brain looks for instructions It, it literally wants the blueprint if I say oh I can't do this the brain goes oh okay well there's the blueprint I'll make sure you can't do it if you say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle that today. I'm going to get that done because I love reading. I love exercising. Your brain says, oh, well, there's the blueprint. Let's get this done. And we're wonderfully and fearfully made. God made it all work together. And so, you know, again, mind, body, soul, we got to do it all. And especially right now we need to do it all. Like I'm also a first place for health instructor and so once a week, I have a Zoom to encourage people and train people how to take good care of their bodies. They are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then mental, like all the things we've been talking about, keeps that mental strength going, that emotional strength going, that spiritual strength going. And all the other tasks get easier if this is working right. Absolutely. If our, yes. if our uh, focus is forward and heavenly. So look up and look out. And that's really what, one of the definitions of hope, because I also wrote Discovering Hope in the Psalms. Right. And the definition of hope is um, to wait patiently and expectantly for God to show up and show off for your good and his glory. And that word expectantly means to look out and about like a military spy. So we're supposed to be vigilant in leaning in, looking for God's answer. Beautiful. And hope does not disappoint us. I know a lot of people say, well, I just want to have low expectations. That way I don't get disappointed. God says his hope will not disappoint us. God encourages and wants us and directs us and commands us to set our thoughts on things above and to hope expectantly. Now, going back to the marriage, if you're this kind of a person, if somebody's doing these things, that's going to improve your marriage all by itself. If I'm not oh, looking for my spouse to make me happy, but I'm doing that, what kind of a, a wife or a husband am I going to be able to be? That's exactly right. What happens if both of you are doing this, then no circumstance is going to rob your joy. 
I mean, you can go through the valley, you know, the shadow of the valley, valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> You'll fear no evil and goodness and mercy will pursue you. They'll chase you down. That's what God says. So if you both are doing it, then it's vibrant. If only mm -hmm. one is doing it, it survives and thrives though. You can make a difference with just one. Yes. Um, that because sometimes, you know, the, the Ecclesiastes says if one falls down and there's another pick them up. And so sometimes we do take turns carrying sure. each other. And especially Bill and I emotionally, because of where we are right now and the circumstances mm -hmm. in our lives, we will purposely speak life out loud to each other. Because mm. sometimes we just know that the other person needs it. They need yeah. to hear those verses of life, those songs of life, those praises. Thank you. Uh, so we speak life over each other. And the other thing I would encourage you to do as a married couple, and um, we, we spent this year during COVID, you know, a lot of times you're like, what do you want me to do? The whole world shut down. You know, I used to travel all the time. Now I'm like, pivot, like everything canceled, <laughs> pivot. Uh, and a lot of people are in a pivot right now and it feels like a little lost. But um, a lot of things can happen in this time that God gave us. For example, uh, during the bubonic plague, um, you know, years ago, uh, over in London, um, I was on a international prayer call two days after the COVID shutdown in California. And my sweet sister in London said, hey, did you all know that Shakespeare wrote three of his great plays during the quarantine of the bubonic plague? She's like, did you know that Sir Isaac Newton, he he couldn't be at Cambridge anymore because he was quarantined. And that time away is what he needed to find the theory of gravity. And did you guys know that during the bombings in World War II um, that uh, people were so upset that they asked uh, the great theologian C.S. Lewis to do radio shows and that turned into Mere Christianity, the book oh. that many of us cherish, you know, from generation to generation. Yes. Yet, like even the, in the Bible, you know, Paul, most of the New Testament, right. um, quarantine in jail. in jail. And then Joseph had great times. And even if you think about it, uh, there were, you know, the prophet that spent the three days in the belly of the whale, that was like a mini quarantine. And, you know, <laughs> then he won the whole nation of Nineveh back to God. And so Jonah did. Right. So Bill and I said at the beginning, all right, so God, you've given us this challenge. You've given the whole world this challenge. Uh, what do you want us to do that would bless other marriages? And so one of the things that we had done, uh, we've done our whole, you know, married life is uh, I married you a pastor and we, we went to seminary together. And so we've kind of had this heartbeat of ministry our whole marriage. Yes. But we come from craziness. And so we have to be super proactive so that that stupidity doesn't catch up with us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we have always had a Monday morning marriage meetup. And that's when we take care of the business side of it. You know, we've always also had like a date night once a week. That's Thursday. But we found out when we went on a date night on Thursday, a lot of times we start talking about problems with the kids, problems with the cars, problems with the bills, like totally wreck the romance, right? Right. So we thought we need a second time during the week or we just do the business side of marriage. And so we've done that Monday morning marriage meetup. Um, and so we thought it doesn't have to be on Monday, you know. Uh, but for us, that's just the pastor's day off, typically. Um, 
so we thought, okay, what if we like create a set of books? Uh, so we created a devotional planner, the marriage meetups, and there are devotional planners of 52 weeks. Uh, the same like set of stuff that we go through and we have gone through to keep our hearts bonded, uh, to keep conflict down and, you know, happiness up. And we, all it takes is a little bit of coffee, conversation equals connection. And so we, it only took a worldwide pandemic for us to get that. <laughs> but uh, we encourage couples, you know, this is our, your opportunity. What have you always wanted to do? What's your checklist of things that you want to get done around the house? How about like improvement in your marriage? What are some areas that you want? Like we need to learn more about retirement. We need to, you know, get our debt load down or um, get our uh, kids to like love us more or calm the chaos in our family. Or, you know, this is your opportunity to say, how do we want to grow and then and create a path? to that growth or how do we want to give what kind of ministry do we want to give to help others right now and um, just meeting every week once a week um, keeps the aha in your marriage and the acrostic for aha is in that marriage meetup um, there are attitudes and we always bring in an attitude of gratitude like we talked about we always bring a verse um, that God has given us along the way, whether it is from like a Bible study or a sermon we've heard or listening to you, Don, you know, a podcast or something. And then we bring that and then we pray it for our spouse at the meeting. Um, and so that, and then at the end, we also have a his and hers prayer section and we pray for each other at the end. So we bookend that meeting with prayer. And then the habits, the habits are, that's the work side uh, of the relationship. Oh, and you can spiral it when you get it too, so it lays nice and flat. And so you go through, through things like, what are the projects? What are the priorities? What are the people we need to schedule? Who's going to schedule them? What are the updates from last week? What, how about new things that we need to discuss? How about our finances? What do we need to know this week? Okay, prep. Who's going to do what and when? Uh, planning your calendar so we don't double book things. Uh, problem solve what's going on that we need to take some time and maybe set aside extra time to fix that issue. Um, and then the last A is for affirmation. And so we begin and end our meeting. The first is praise your spouse, something that they did last week that ministered to you. Thank you so much for picking up that responsibility and really getting that done. It so blessed me. Thank you for not getting me, mad at me when I had a bad day and, and I just wanted to stay in my pajamas. You know, so you affirm your, your spouse for something they did last week. And then the last bit is you give a personal affirmation for something they did in the meeting. Thank you for not overreacting to what I just said. Or thank you for um, taking on that responsibility that you knew I just really didn't want to do. And, you know, um, part of that comes from the Jewish culture. Uh, we were able to go to Israel. And um, I actually taught in En Gedi. You know that verse I talked about earlier? I got to teach that standing with my feet in En Gedi. And I got to lay on that ledge underneath the waterfall. That's <laughs> incredible. No wonder you knew how to describe it with such great detail. <laughs> a year later, God's like, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you a gift. 
And um, part of that uh, time in Israel, is we also had a Shabbat service, you know, that was done by uh, Jewish believers. And um, they, every Friday, they light candles. And a part of that is the man praises his wife in front of the kids. I'm like, I think all marriages would be better if we did that every You're week. You're not kidding. <laughs> yeah, so we just, we weave those things in to that marriage meetup. And so, it be, and then you put it in a setting, you know, maybe your favorite coffee shop or maybe like we actually created this area uh, for our marriage meetup first. And then we thought, oh, it might look good on Zoom. So it was actually, we cultivated yeah. our marriage first and then God used it in other ways. But you make it something to look forward to, and then it gives forward movement in your marriage. That's a powerful tool. And since you've just talked about it, we need to know how we can get that. Because that tool right there, you're taking constructive steps that, and, and literal steps that we can take, spending time together and walking through kind of these exercises. I've got to imagine that just brings marriage couples together that you would bond. I could, I could picture my husband and I walking through a marriage meetup moment like that and just really yeah. feeling like, wow, that was powerful. And you know, we, we were like you, a busy ministry couple. And honestly, we needed this tool uh, because we had so many moving parts. And so it's great for the couple that needs forward movement in their life, but it also is great for the busy couple that just needs to be able to stay on the same page and pull in the same direction together rather than letting the busyness pull them apart. And um, so, yeah, uh, our, you can find us. Uh, you can order uh, the marriage meetup set, and it's a devotional set. So we kind of have the best of the feral marriage encouragement and training. <laughs> Every four weeks, you have like a little time with the ferals, and it's uh, a fun devotional that's an interactive that you do together. Um, and so you can get this at love-wise.com, and that little hyphen or dash needs to be in the middle there. Okay. And if you use the code FRIEND3, then the postage is free. Ooh. So FRIEND3. And it's also on Amazon. But at our website, it comes as a set, a his and her set. On Amazon, you'd have to be like, okay, order a black one, then order a red one. Uh, so you have to do a little more work. But it's also, you know, if you're a Prime member, that's a great way to get it as well. Well, we'll make sure that those links are in the show notes so people can get to them very quickly. Before I let you go, this is so good. And I appreciate, I mean, you you have been doing ministry for years and you can just hear it the wisdom and the counsel that you have just flows out of you you've got to tell me just a little bit about this whole thing about men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti right right that's our bestseller it's a gift that keeps on giving it's been translated into like 15 different languages we have a singles version we have a version for teenagers we have a video series for small groups and churches um so what, it actually came out of ministry. So I'll tell the story of how it came about, and you'll kind of see where that word picture came from. So um, Bill and I, we land, we were 28 years old. Uh, we had left youth ministry because Bill felt called to the lead pastorate at 28. And so we thought, what do we have to give to our community to bless and build our community? Well, we were both athletes. And so um, Bill thought, okay, youth sports. We'll do youth sports. Uh, I was a cheerleader, so I'll be perpetual team mom. Um, and Bill, uh, he'll just coach all the different 
sports he played, you know? And so what he ended up being the president of the basketball league for years. And in the gym one day, a guy came up to Bill and said, um, you guys have a really good relationship. I can tell you like are totally in love. And you guys have been married like what, 15 years or something. And Bill's like, yeah. He's like, well, can I bring my wife in? I think something's wrong with her. I think she's broken. And Bill just kind of smiled. He's like, sure. And so, um, they show up and Bill says, how can I help? And the guy says, go ahead. And the wife just started talking from subject to subject to subject to subject to subject to subject to subject, kind of hopping all over the place. And the husband's like all panicked, deer in the headlights. Look, he's like, she does this all the time. What do I do? And Bill said, actually, think of the way God wired her minds. Uh, women have more connections in the two hemispheres. So Bill knew his science. And he's also, you know, in Genesis 1:27 says God made us male and female. He created us this is before the fall. So it's actually a good thing okay. uh, that XX, that XY, estrogen, testosterone, it's there on purpose. It's a good thing. And so he said, okay, there's more connections in her brain. And so what she's doing is picture the way her mind works. It's kind of like one noodle laying on a plate of spaghetti. You follow that noodle around that plate, it looks like it touches pretty much every other noodle on the plate. And that's how women process life, is they travel through life making connections to the people and things that they love. And so she's actually complimenting you. She's trying to connect her life to you. He's like, okay, but what do I do? He's like, um, Bill said, okay, let me teach you some listening skills. And so Bill taught him some proactive listening skills. And um, so he sat back and he like listened probably for the first time without interrupting. And the sweet girl, she talked for 55 straight minutes. And then she finally took a breath and she's like, oh, wow, that was like so great. Um, okay, if I'm like spaghetti, what's my husband like? And Bill said, um, yeah, that'll be next week. Because he didn't have a clue. He did not have a clue. So he just started praying, okay, God, I know that women integrate. Uh, science, social scientists call it integration, toggle tasking, multitasking. That's what we do. Um, but guys, they compartmentalize. So I need some kind of a food that has compartments. And my boys were making Eggo waffles. Yep, don't judge me, girls. I'm not a cook. But I love waffles. And Bill's like, oh, compartments. And so he took that waffle into that next meeting. He said, okay. Men are like waffles. They think of one thing and one thing only at a time. See this waffle? It has lots of little boxes. And so every issue in a man's life will go in its each individual box and they don't touch each other. And so men are problem solvers. They like to think of one problem at a time, one issue at a time. And they like to go into the box, figure out what the problem is, assign a solution and then move on. If they what the problem is but they don't know a solution say just move on like why stay there <laughs> uh, so that's what we're gonna do we are gonna stay in the box um and so there was a uh, issue that actually was the issue that started the whole you know interaction with my husband it's like they were on the brink of divorce because of the financial issue that was going on in their life and they hadn't been able to solve it for more than 10 years and so Bill was the box police and he just kept bringing her back to that like same issue until they solved it in Bill's office. And so they were rescued from fracturing a whole family by this little men are like waffles and like spaghetti thing. So Bill came home and he's, I was in the garage sleeping and he says, 
hey, God gave me this illustration and then he shared it with me. Men are like waffles, like spaghetti. I think we should use it at this conference. It was our first marriage conference. We had a new book out called Pure Pleasure, Making Your Marriage a Great Affair. And it was our first conference in this city. And he's like, I think we should put it in the conference. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of corny, but I trust you and I trust God. So, okay. So we shared it at the conference. We shared all this profound material, but it was the men are like waffles, women like spaghetti, you know, that really stuck yep. with me, especially when Bill said, you know, some of men's boxes are absolutely positively blank. They're not as hot, <laughs> there's no words, guys park in this box. Yeah. Right. That's their favorite box. Favorite box, right. <laughs> and so God kind of helped us girls add in that most men's favorite boxes are shaped like boxes. The TV screen is shaped like a box. The computer screen is shaped like a box. The phone is shaped like a box. Football field, baseball diamond, basketball court, pool table, refrigerator shaped like a box, and the bed. <laughs> that SEX square, yeah, favorite square. It's kind of like the free square in the middle of a bingo card, and the husbands can get there from every other square on their waffle. Yeah, so we shared that it was the hit, you know, and uh, a young couple came up to us. We had we didn't know this couple. He's like, hey, I'm the weekend program director uh, of Kogo, which is the largest general market radio station in San Diego. He's like, I'm the new weekend program director. Have you guys ever thought about radio? We're like, well, we thought about it, but it's kind of expensive. And he's like, uh, come meet my boss. And so on Valentine's Day, uh, we went down to meet uh, that you know, radio uh, head honcho guy, as uh, he was Cliff, and we prayed on the way down. Lord, we know that you are the only glue that can be the help and hope to a couple to keep them married for a lifetime. Let us share you on the airwaves. Let us, like, know, like, if this general market station is going to let us do that or not. Let us be brave enough to ask, even. And so we walk in and um, Cliff came and he shook Bill's hand. And he's like, Bill, I understand that you're a pastor. Well, I would just assume that you would share the spiritual dynamics and how God's word and God might impact positively marriage relationships. We're like, what? Yeah, I'm blonde, but I got that clue like loud and clear. And so that kind of started us out on the communication side that turned into um, book contracts because we had a radio show and you know, that's the thing about God is if you do the little things, mm -hmm. he adds himself to the mix. It's a little bit like that about feeding the 5,000, which was much more than. Um, you know, the little loaves. And put yourself in the mix of all this. Help me help my family. Help us be a light to this world. God will add himself and he will let your love become a light. That is a great story and a beautiful illustration. And to that, I just say, amen. And if you're listening today, well, you've heard it straight from God's heart to you. There's hope for your marriage. God wants your marriage to prosper and to be a blessing. And he's still on the throne and still at work at reviving and restoring people. So please don't give up. 
continue to press in and get yourself some of these marriage materials and let God speak to your hearts. I want to say thank you so much for being on today, Pam. Uh, we lost you just a little bit there at the end. So if I, if I lost too much, I'm going to have you come and do it again. But I, I wasn't saying anything. I hear you and your wisdom from God's word. So thanks for being who you are. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And again, just tell us where people can find you if they want more information. Yeah, so our ministry is love-wise.com, lovewise.com. And uh, if you can't remember that, then just Google waffles and spaghetti. And I guarantee <laughs> only the ferals come up when you do that. Men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on Arise Esther today. And hey, for every woman that's listening, I have a question for you. Modern day Esther, is this your moment to arise? I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseesther.captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on the Arise movement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And while you're there, take the 60-day freedom challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.